This is Sergeant Betsy Brandner-Smith with the National Police Association, and this is the NPA Report. I have somebody with me that I have been following her and her team on social media for quite a while, and, and they just post some of the most brave and inspiring things that are out there on social media. And as you know, social media can be quite a cesspool. Um, but fortunately, we have people like Team South Florida out there to provide us with information and commentary and even some humor. Joyce, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So Team South Florida, which I'm going to guess a lot of our viewers have seen, how did all that get started? Well, it got started with our founder, Rich, when he actually worked for a different agency. Uh, he worked for Las Vegas and all came from a line of duty death they had there uh, with Jamie Manor. And uh, Rich moved to Florida and kind of brought all of that here. And it kind of stopped, started from a very small organization and it kind of has kind of grown uh, significantly, significantly over the past few years. So what were the initial goals of the organization? So our initial goals of the organization was just to support law enforcement and to support the families of law enforcement officers, especially the uh, officers who have fallen in the line of duty. And so that has delved us into the charitable initiatives that our main charitable initiatives we have today. Um, so the ones we have today, the main ones we have, we strive very, very hard to attend every single line of duty death funeral in the state of Florida, whether that's in the Panhandle, South Florida, Central Florida, any of the coasts, uh, we strive very hard to attend every single line of duty death, um, as well as we send a plaque, a memorial plaque to the families of the fallen officers so they can commemorate their loved ones and know that they're not forgotten. Another cool thing we do, the families that want to be involved, we get their children's birthdays and every single year we send their children birthday cards. Some of these children have been on our list for several, several years and we don't forget we have it on our calendar. We have specific birthday cards just for them that we send them every single year when their birthdays come up. And then my personal favorite, um, just because this is the type of person I am, we host a holiday shopping spree every single year for one or two families. And we pick one or two families from a line of duty death and we basically have the kids and we go to a store and we let them have their own shopping spree during the Christmas season. That's so awesome because when a, a police officer falls in the line of duty, you know, there's some initial um, community support and, you know, and then the funeral and this and that. And then Sadly, everybody kind of goes away, right? And gets back to their own life. And, and so some, you know, then often you have a widow or a widower and you have kids and sometimes they can feel very forgotten, can't they? Forgotten, right, right. And we, we always say we never, we'll never forget, but then we kind of do. So we, do, we are not a large organization whatsoever, but we do what we can to remember our fallen officers. And um, for those of you who have seen us on our social media platforms who say, oh, I haven't seen some of these holiday shopping sprees you talk about, anything we post on our social media, we have permissions of the families. So some of the things we do, we do behind the scenes and the family don't, they don't want it posted on social media. And so we respect and honor that. So some of these holiday shopping sprees, yes, it was a big event for us, um, but we just didn't post on social media because we're respecting the wishes of the families. 
See, and I love that. You're not doing it for the publicity, right? You're doing it to support right. members of our law enforcement family. What a, what a wonderful goal. So nothing we do is ever for to get more publicity. In fact, there are things that have where he could have been, you know, put us on the board or things like that, but we really would have been dishonoring our fallen officers and we don't want to do that. That's our main priority. And I also want to put out there on, um, for everyone asking about our organization, every single one of us involved in our organization, we do not receive a single dime to be involved in this organization. From the president down under, we're truly a volunteer organization. Every single penny we get goes towards our charitable initiatives and supporting our fallen officers. That's extraordinary. And, and especially in this anti-police atmosphere where, you know, so right. many people are, the mob is clamoring that police officers are bad and we have no compassion and all that. Right. You're an organization of compassionate cops, right? Correct. Yes, very much so. Now, some of the other things that you do is you um, get information out there about officers who have fallen in the line of duty so that anybody can access it, you know, and you do that via social media and, and things like that. Um, and that can be painful, right? To, to you know, because if people don't know, Florida is generally in the top three of the states right. that lose law enforcement officers in line of duty. I mean, every single year, Florida is a big right. state. You have a lot of cops. And, and, uh, and you have a lot of crime too, and you have a lot of police officers who die in the line of duty, don't you? Yes, we do. Uh, we, like you said, we're one of the top ones in the country. And most people, when they think of Florida, you know, they think of Disney and beaches and they don't really realize that, yes, we, there are areas of our state that do have a crime, high crime rate and that we do have a lot of line of duty deaths, unfortunately. And that can be very taxing on us because um, we literally scour Facebook and the internet some, you know, every few days looking for things like that, not, I mean, we hate putting it out there because it's so tough posting things about fallen officers, but we want to get the message out there that yes, this is happening. We're losing officers. And, and one of the other things that you guys do is, is you get information out there. And, and I've got to say, unfortunately, law enforcement has become horrifically publicized, you know, or not, I'm sorry, not publicized, politicized, um, and that's something that, you know, all of us who are police officers, when we took that oath of office, you know, we were told, and appropriately so, that people are not supposed to know our politics. We're not right. supposed to be political at work. We're not, you know, and, and, and I, that worked well for a while with our profession. But unfortunately, now in the post-George Floyd era, um, right. law enforcement's become terribly uh, right. politicized. And, uh, and so sometimes we just have to embrace that, don't we? I mean, people are going to think how they think, no matter what we do. So we as law enforcement officers, we just have to keep doing what we're doing and doing a good job that we're doing and having the same compassion and empathy we've had for people since before all this politicization started. So we just have to keep being compassionate. That's all. Right. And you, uh, you know, you guys all work in a state that, um, you know, you have a, a conservative governor. Yes. And one of the things that he is doing is he is encouraging police officers from other areas who might not 
you know, who might feel they're not getting treated very well, or they don't want to abide by the vaccine mandate, or they're tired of being vilified, they're tired of being defunded. Um, your governor is encouraging police officers to come to Florida. I personally know several police officers who are right now in the process of making that move. How does Florida law enforcement feel about that? Um, we love it. The more the merrier, the more people we can get down here that want to be down here. Um, we absolutely love it. In fact, I was just talking to uh, someone uh, three days ago who just left NYPD. They've only been in Florida for a few weeks and he's trying to get hired on with uh, in a Florida agency. He doesn't know which one yet. He could not believe me when I told him that I can park my patrol car in my driveway. Couldn't believe it. And I'm like, you know, he's like, I would never dream. He's like, I don't even tell people what I did because I was embarrassed. And then I started talking about how the climate was last year and why at times it was bad. It definitely wasn't like it was everywhere else in the country. Um, I had people come up. I were, was working in a high crime area. I had people who lived in that area come up to me and tell me, don't listen to what these people are saying on the news. They're like, they're not the ones in the community caring about our community like you guys are. And so people don't see that, that the people who are in these communities, they want us in these communities because they know we're there to help them. So I say the people, if you are from any other state and you're not liking how you're being treated, come on down to Florida because we'd love to have you. Plus the weather's amazing and you've got water on the three sides amazing. of the state. <laughs> yes, I think it's in the like the 70s today. So it's really nice today. Absolutely. Now, you guys have a very active social media presence, you know, um, Instagram, Twitter. Mm -hmm. What uh, do you see some pushback? Talk first. Let's talk about the pushback and then let's talk about the positives of that. Um, every now and again, we'll we'll share a post that um, when we start seeing comments, we know it's been shared on um anti-law enforcement pages or sites or anything like that because we'll start getting a lot of negative comments and we try to drown those people out this we want our page to be as positive as we can be but we also want to show people what law enforcement is like and the climate of law enforcement right now so we try to find that balance but we do have certain posts that draw heavy criticism but it's not from the people who normally support the police and now they're criticizing our posts these posts sometimes are shared and we've had some posts shared, you know, 80,000 times, and it's clearly shared by anti-law enforcement groups because of the posts and everything, and everything is a laugh emoji and reaction. And we kind of just, honestly, we ban those people because they have no spot on our page. We, we're there for the supporters of law enforcement. That's, what, what, that's why we're there. Now, what made you personally get involved in this? Because you're, you know, you're a young person out there living your life and doing your job. And uh, and this, I know, it's got to take up quite a bit of time. It's got to tug at your heartstrings. I think sometimes you probably get frustrated. Um, what made you step up? So it was really kind of a roundabout way. I wasn't even seeking this out initially. Uh, it actually, I responded to a, a Facebook post in a law enforcement group and somebody just asking for a law enforcement officer in the central Florida area. So I was like, yeah, that, that's me. Like, I, so I responded to it and then we started talking one-on-one -on -one, and it turned out the daughter of a fallen law enforcement officer. And I will say, this is something else cool that our organization does. The daughter of a fallen law enforcement officer was in college away from home, um, was 
unexpectedly paired with a roommate who was very anti-law enforcement. And so there was a lot of clashing. Uh, the, this child of the law enforcement officer couldn't get out of her lease. And so what our organization did, we uh, started putting posts up on social media and we decided to host a weekend of pizza parties and get togethers and law enforcement all over central Florida to come to this apartment. And so law enforcement officers in and out of uniform came all weekend and we fed them pizza and sandwiches and everything. So at times there's you know, up to 30 law enforcement officers in her apartment. And so shortly after that, she was able to get out of her lease and we got her into a much more welcoming and warm environment. And so just from that being involved in that, I kind of liked what the organization was about. And then I found myself kind of to be the Central Florida rep and here I am. That is a genius way to handle that situation right. <laughs> in a very positive manner. I love that. That's what I love about your organization. You're, you have a lot of innovation uh, in the way that you do things. And, and it, I love that. It all came from, a, from your involvement in a Facebook post. Right. Are, are you guys seeing, uh, you know, on your, uh, especially Facebook and Instagram, are you seeing any kind of um, shadow banning? Do you see any of your posts get pushing down the National Police Association, for example, we have a very, very active Facebook page and we'll notice that some of our posts are getting pushed down to where, you know, we usually have 10,000 people or 20,000 people that get involved. There's all of a sudden 200 people that are seeing right. our posts. Do you guys experience that? Yes, especially over the past year, year and a half, we've definitely experienced that. Well, you know, posts where, you know, you'll have thousands of likes or reactions and exposes, you know, a handful and it's, or it will get the thing where it covers it up and say, oh, this, this has sensitive content in it. When there's nothing sensitive about the post, they just don't like our content. So we have seen that. I think that's probably a national issue with any organization uh, that has, you know, a good following on social media, unfortunately. But uh, the most, you know, all we can do is push through and continue to post. And uh, we have a backup account now on Instagram in case they ban us. So you just kind of have to work around it and keep doing what we're doing. That's awesome. So what what do you guys see as uh, as the future of your organization? Like, what are some of your future goals that you're working toward? Some of our future goals, I think we'd, if we had more funding, I know we'd probably like to do more of the shopping sprees. Um, one of the other things we do, we pair with another organization and we donate a laptop uh, to the children of fallen officers when they turn 17. That way, when they go off to college, they have a laptop to help them and that burden doesn't have to be on their parent. And so I, I think if we had more funding, which we do what we do with what we have. But if we had more funding, we'd love to expand some of that just to help out more families because we always want to do more, but we don't have it, have the money for it. But um, we just want to expand that. We'd love to expand our peer support. Uh, we do have a peer support program. It's really not your official peer support program like you'd find in an agency or anything like that. But we have peer support that you just talk to somebody from our organization, or if you're a firefighter, we have our firefighter connections as well, because we we're, we don't ask you your name, your agency, your state, you can give us a false name, tell us anything, and we're literally there just to talk with you, because we, we feel that it's been stigmatized to reach out, especially when these agencies have their own peer support programs. 
Right. They don't feel comfortable talking to their own agencies as much as they say, oh, it's okay not to be okay, reach out. Okay, if I reach out, what happens? What then? So we have a peer support program. Um, the number is 702-527-1290. If you call that, text it, we'll contact you back and we'll just listen and we'll talk with you. If you need um, to be connected with um, further help, we have those connections as well. But we just, we're there for our fallen officers and we wanna be there for our officers who are going through critical incidents and um, maybe a mental health crisis. And I think I'm so glad you guys are doing that because very often when a, a, a law enforcement officer is feeling just overwhelmed and and uh, doesn't know where to turn, it, it is very difficult for us to turn sometimes to our own agency because we don't know, you know, I, I've talked to countless police officers who sat down with their supervisor and said, I'm struggling. I think I need to talk to somebody. And all of a sudden they find themselves with being relieved of duty, right. taking their gun away right. and, and they're sitting on the front desk or maybe they're sitting at home on the couch when all they want right. to Which do. Right, even worse. <laughs> yes, exactly. So in that peer-to-peer -peer, um, support is extraordinarily helpful, isn't it? I'm sure, you know, you in doing what you do for a living, have found that just talking to another police officer, whether you actually know each other or not, can be incredibly helpful, isn't it? Oh, uh, for sure. And I know, especially if you're involved with the here you work with, if you're involved in a critical incident together and you're struggling, you may feel bad even reaching out to your partner or your friend because what if I'm the only one struggling? And so it really helps to reach out with somebody outside of that. So I know there's been certain since I've been involved at work where I've contacted someone who's not in my agency, a peer who's a friend of mine. And I'm like, hey, this is what happened. And we're like, yeah, this, you know, this is normal feeling. This is how you will be feeling. And you just talk it out and you feel so much better afterwards. You're not bottling it up inside. You're not letting it eat you. You're normalizing the feelings like it's okay if it's if you don't feel okay at this moment. You're not supposed to feel okay. You're not supposed to, most people don't go through these traumas one time in your life, but you're going through it dozens and dozens of times, depending on the agency you work for. So to normalize those feelings and get people in a good mental health state, because we hate seeing, um, we kind of use blue help to keep track of the suicide data, but we hate uh, to see this, uh, this data of officers dying by suicide. In fact, South Florida had one just last night. Uh, and, and Florida's had more this year, you know, and, and, and if people don't know, we die over twice as often by our own hand as we right. do by felonious right. assaults. And it's, right. it is devastating to a family and devastating to an agency. We just right. had one here in Pima County, Arizona as well this week. And it's, it just, it's heartbreaking and it's senseless. And, uh, and I'm glad that you guys are involved in trying to do something about it. Right. And it's, even heartbreaking for us when the agency doesn't recognize that and they kind of throw it under the rug and, you know, the family's left there without any support and, you know, the partners are left there without any support. And it's kind of, it kind of hurts everyone. And by the agency, not even recognizing it or acknowledging it or giving the help the deputies need or the officers need who are left behind, it makes the situation even worse. Yeah, absolutely. So Joyce, if people want to support you, one of the things that uh, they can do is uh, go shopping in the Team South Florida shop, can't they? 
Yes, they can. If they go to teamsouthflorida.org, we have somewhere where you can shop where we have t-shirts and challenge coins. I know how much law enforcement officers love their challenge coins. I have a bunch right behind me. Um, but uh, wristbands and things like that, t-shirts, we're actually in the process of getting tank tops for us ladies because um, I know how much we love to wear tank tops, especially in Florida. So I had to explain that one to our organization president who didn't understand uh, ladies in tank tops in Florida. As well as here in Arizona. Right. So by buying your merchandise, they're helping to um, support these events that you have because it does. It costs money to um, make a plaque yeah. for somebody. It costs money to take a child shopping. It costs money to travel to a funeral. And, uh, and I think your organization is a really worthy one to support. Joyce, where can um, people find Team South Florida? Give us the website, give us the social media handles, because I want everybody to get on. And uh, I, first of all, I want them to go to the shop. And, uh, and then I want them to uh, participate in all your fantastic social media. Yeah, so the easiest way is to go to TeamSouthFlorida.org. From there, we have the links directly to Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So we try to make it as easy as possible for people. That way, they're not having to hunt where we're at and everything. Go to our website, and you can immediately go to the links. It'll take you to our pages. And it'll be listed under Team South Florida, a law enforcement charity organization. That's fantastic. Joyce, thanks so much for spending time with us today and for representing Team South Florida. And if you would like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at nationalpolice.org. Enforcement officers were involved in hundreds of thousands of use of force incidents. A use of force incident is when an officer must use nonverbal tactics to gain control of a dangerous situation. Put the knife on the ground. In many cases, officers have no choice but to use force when a suspect doesn't comply with a lawful order. Use of force is always ugly. No one likes it, especially police officers. Together, we can help de-escalate these dangerous encounters. Help police officers by complying with their lawful orders. Don't attack, attempt to disarm, or flee from an officer. Use of force is an officer's last option. Most incidents can be avoided by not resisting arrest. If you feel you've been wrongfully detained by a police officer, then seek a legal solution after the encounter has been resolved. Let's keep everyone safe. Comply now and complain later.